Welcome to Crankin' Sprockets, a weekly call-in podcast that answers your questions, provides insights and advice, and starts a conversation about bicycles. In this episode, Crankin' Sprockets goes to school. We meet a grad student studying philosophy at Carnegie Mellon who's planning to participate in the epic Dirty Dozen bike ride and wants to know how he can upgrade his rear cassette in order to climb the steepest paved street in the world. We also meet the 2019 Minnesota High School Cycling League Coach of the Year, who is playing a major role in driving one of the largest nationwide movements in high school sports seen in decades. Hey, welcome to Crank and Sprockets. Who do we have on the show today? Hi, this is Mason from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, dude. You know what? About the only thing I know about Pittsburgh is the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and, you know, my era was, you know, Franco Harris and uh, Lynn Swan. So tell us something about Pittsburgh we don't know, man. What, what, what's cool about your city? Well, one of the things that I like about, about Pittsburgh is just that, you know, it's got on thing almost 70 neighborhoods so you know you can you can go just on you know a really really short um you know walk or a ride and you can go through two or three of you know kind of these classic and quite beautiful little little spots in the town and you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of nice you know kind of boutique shops but also you know just like really really old institutions and establishments yeah. um so so what do you do in pittsburgh man tell us a little bit about yourself yeah, um, I'm a grad student at Carnegie Mellon, so I study wow. philosophy, nice um, philosophy of language, yeah, that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm curious, um, do, do you ride a bike in the in the Pittsburgh area? I do actually. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got three bikes here. Um, nice. One of I've got a road bike, a rigid frame mountain bike, and then a, I am too afraid to ride because <laughs> Pittsburgh is a surprisingly <laughs> hilly place, especially with clips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, man. so yeah, I got to yeah. ask, dude, what, what's your scene there with mountain biking? You guys have any flow courses going or any kind of cool stuff? With, I, you know, I I know a little bit about your your topography. I know you got a lot of hills. There's some great kayaking there, but I'm not that familiar with the bike scene. Yeah, so there's one park that's, you know, right in town, right in like the east end, which, you know, if you look at Pittsburgh from, from a map, you yeah. know, there's the north side across the river, south side, um, the other side of the Monongahela, and then you've got the east end, which it looks like a big pizza slice. Oh, okay. So I guess a, a more a more endearing name would be like the Golden Triangle. That's what it was <laughs> Got it, referred man. Because cool. back in the day, it was, you know, pretty, pretty wealthy. There's a lot of money flowing oh. there. but. Because of that, there's all these families, you know, that donated their estates to the city on the condition that they would never get developed. And oh, so there's, nice, you know, nice. the Frick family, the Shenley family. Wow. And so they have these um, parks, basically, that, you know, were parts of their estate that are now just these, like, multi-hundred acre beautiful oh, parks just wow. right in the middle of the city. And so the one that's most famous for mountain biking is um, is Frick Park. Frick Park has, oh, I think, between like 50 and 80 miles of single track. Oh, no, no. That's insane. Really, right in the middle yeah. of town. Wow. Yeah, right in the middle of town. I can probably bike there from my house. You know, I'm walking distance to the university, and I can bike to Frick Park oh, in 15 man. minutes. Yeah, I got to yeah. come visit. I, I, You know, I, I have a friend from college who ended up um, moving there, and I haven't, you know, kept up with him or checked in in a while. But, um, you know, and I don't even know if he mountain bikes now, but, but that sounds really cool. That's incredible. Yeah, definitely. I, I got to look into that. So thanks. Cool. Well, yeah, dude, yeah. Tell, tell us, man, what, what's your question for Crank and Sprockets? What can we help you with today? 
Yeah, so I mentioned that you know Pittsburgh is pretty hilly, and there's a there's an annual bike race that celebrates some of that um, some of that terrain. It's called the Dirty Dozen. It's <laughs> nice. thirteen. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it, it's, it's thirteen of the most demanding hills wow. in Pittsburgh, um, and so you know it's basically a, a tour that kind of cuts through a lot of famous neighborhoods, some obscure ones, and yeah. even like a neighboring township or something like that. Yeah, and um, you know included on on this route is actually the steepest paved hill in the world oh um, nice all right yeah 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 it's called canton <laughs> avenue and wow. um there's that the grade is 37 percent oh um, yeah at its steepest part so oh, um but, yeah yeah yeah. i think there's a hill in new zealand that contests it but they go back and <laughs> forth as far as that that honor but but yeah so that that kind of brings me to my question yeah, I, I moved yeah. to pittsburgh from chicago okay and um you know the setup that i have on the back is kind of a the the ratio yeah. um that I have gearing wise is more suited towards the Midwest, the great plains, right. you know, a flat area. I think I've got, you know, 25 teeth yeah. on the, yeah. Yeah. Um, on the back sprocket in, in my biggest, my biggest gear back there. Right. Um, and I'm basically wondering, you know, what it is I should, you know, yeah. be looking to do if I'm going to, um, you know, if I'm going to make it up some of these hills, survive it. Yeah, exactly. No, it's interesting because I, I, I also have a, um, an old Serata road bike and, um, although it's called the Colorado two, dude, it's running a 53 39 in the front and like a 12 23 in the back. And basically people oh laugh, God. they go, dude, it's a corn cob. I mean, <laughs> my cassette yeah. is like a corn cob. So I know yeah. exactly what yeah. you're talking about and, and it'll kill you. So no, no, I, a good question. I mean, the, the way to think about it is, you know, go bigger in the back, and smaller in the front. You know, if your budget um, permits to do both, a lot of guys now are upgrading both. And um, yeah. believe it or yeah. not, after all these years, Campy, I've got full Campy on my bike, and, you know, Campy was kind of rigid. There weren't a lot of, you know, you couldn't, like, change. There wasn't a lot of, um, you know, um, for these Italiophobes, you know, being able to go to more of a gravel bike or almost like a mountain bike climbing setup. And they're finally starting to come around. So, so yeah, what you could probably do with that 25 in the back is probably go to a 28 um, I know that Shimano's got a whole new kind of package. They've got a 28, 32, 34, and you're not going to believe this. They actually have a 40 in the back. But, <laughs> but yeah, I know. But what it's going to do, obviously, it's going to mess around with a lot of stuff on your bike. It's going to mess with the derailleur. Um, you may have some issues yeah. with some fitting on, you know, with, with just the setup, um, especially with your front, you know, chain set. So, so yeah, uh, 28 would probably be cool. You could probably get away no, with yeah. that. You're a college student, you know, so you don't have to blow mm -hmm. the budget. Um, do a little adjustment on your derailleur. Um, you know, if you really wanted to, you could do something with the front chain set and go a little bit smaller. Um, and again, what's really crazy, um, now I'm, I won't take you through this math. You're a philosophy major. You know, you, you get into some pretty heady stuff, but you can look this up. There's actually an equation you can do where you take your, um, your chain set in the front, you subtract the smaller ring from the bigger ring, you come up with a number, then you do the same with the back and you come up with a number. And then you add those two together and you come up with something like, for example, my Serrat, it's like a, a 25 teeth. Then that, that you can then go to like, um, you know, uh, Campy, kind of the website, other places, and see if that's possible, you know, so you don't go crazy. Because sometimes, you know, you, you go a little nuts, maybe you go too small in the front, too big in the back, and it just doesn't work. So that's, that's right. one last step you could take. But, um, but a 28 should be pretty cool, dude. You should be all set to go with that. Um, yeah, no, that, that, that definitely makes sense. I was, I was, you know, worrying a little bit about, you know, what I can, what I could fit on there with that, with that derailleur. It's, you yep. know, not a super long cage on that thing. And yeah. so, um, you know, 28, I think 
that seems that seems like it'll you know be able to squeeze in without having to replace you know too many components. Yep, very cool. I, I you know I have to say, dude, I'm envious of the event. I'm envious of you know I gotta check Pittsburgh. I'm not envious of you know twelve of the steepest hills. <laughs> <laughs> around um my recommendation okay you can do the new cassette in the back but you might want to consider an e-bike <laughs> <laughs> i uh yeah funny funny story about that so i was biking you know from from pittsburgh campus up to squirrel hill for um our department was having a, a dinner yeah and there's a professor i uh or you know it's, it's like it's this is not a hill it's on yeah. the dirty dozen but it's still you know a sizable hill yeah. going up oh, to yeah. one of the other parks yeah and i kind of catch out of the corner of my eye this person just you know blowing past <laughs> me and it's you know it's like a a man who's maybe uh you know like in his, in his like late 50s and you know not really yeah. a cyclist and yeah. i'm confused and then i look down and you know he's got an electra um e-bike you know there you go cruiser, right? and he was just absolutely you know leaving me in the dust so maybe dude, that's the maybe that's the trick for tomorrow well, yeah exactly i'm telling me dude the funny thing is now people literally commuting on it. it makes sense you know that way when you get to work unless you have a shower at work you know most of the time people are like oh my god dude please you know sit over at the end of the table you know right, on a right. hot august day but but literally yeah and and i i've got the same story i was passed one day i was going up a grade and I'm heading to work and i got passed by a guy who had to be in his 70s with a smile on his face and yep. a couple miles later, I finally caught him at a light because, you know, he had to sit at this huge intersection. When I caught up, I just looked at my smile and I said, nice, <laughs> you know, so yep. it's the yep. future, yep. man. It's coming. So anyway, well, hey, hey, Mason, good luck with the race. Let us know. Hey, call us, um, you know, check back in, send us an email. Let us know how you do, man. We can't wait to hear how you do on this. And, and I'm definitely going to, you know, go and check out some of the mountain bike trails and stuff around Pittsburgh. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, I, I will, and cool. hopefully I don't have to put a foot down with that <laughs> with that 28 on there. Take it easy, dude. Have a great race. Bye. Yep, take care. Well, let's hope Mason is able to upgrade the gears on his Flatlander road bike so he doesn't put a foot down on 13 of the steepest street climbs in the world. Good luck, Mason. Well, it's that time in this episode of Crankin' Sprockets where we have a conversation with a celebrity guest. And we're stoked this week to have John Oman, coach of the Shakopee High School cycling team, as our celebrity caller. All right, so hey, this episode, we're really psyched to have John Oman, who's the head coach of the Shakopee High School mountain bike team up in Minnesota. Hey, John, welcome to Crankin' Sprockets. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, I have to say, man, John, you know, I, I know... Um, you know, I, I actually found out about this award when you and I first met. When we were talking, and another gentleman rode up on his on his bike, and I, he congratulated you. Um, John was recently named the Minnesota High School Cycling League Coach of the Year, man. So congratulations on that. That's really cool. So um, yeah, thanks. That's been a really nice honor. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you. So John, tell us a little about yourself, man. You know how how you know cycling. How'd you get into biking, cycling? Um, you know, and how'd you kind of end up becoming a head coach, man, for a for a, a high school cycling team? Yeah, gosh, I love love cycling. It's a big part of my life. It's yeah. uh, part of my lifestyle. Uh, I'm first of all, I'm a teacher in Shakopee. I'm a technology teacher, so uh, very you cool. know, shop, power tools, kids, all that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I, yeah. So, so I'm fortunate, you know, as a, as an avid cyclist, and I have this captive audience uh, at school. I can kind of uh, merge the two worlds nice. and promote promote what I do and get kids to to join in with me. Yeah, uh, in cycling, and to take it take it back a little bit, uh, I got introduced to cycling as a as a young man, and uh, I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. What's funny is my my first 
my first uh, entry into cycling. My, my brother lent me his, his uh, mountain bike. This was like early '90s here, and nice. And sure enough, I went out in the pasture and started riding <laughs> on the cow paths and dodging dodging cow pies. So and sure enough, and gave gave Mac the bike with uh, a little manure on the tires. So nice, nice. Anyways, that was, that's that's where it all started, Great. and somehow that grew into a love for what i do yeah you know it's interesting when you said about the shop teacher you know um my favorite guys in high school were always those guys you know people you know taught you how to fix things how to use your hands how to build stuff mm-hmm. man wouldn't that be yeah. cool how about a high school mountain bike like um almost like one of those technical courses you know for kids <laughs> you know yeah i mean seriously, there you go that'd be kind of yeah because I, I keep saying to myself <laughs> man i i need to go take one of those classes <laughs> so yeah yeah I, we're, we're working on, on that in track too getting, getting yeah. trained in yeah so <laughs> so first man i gotta ask a mountain bike team in high school wow i mean how did that happen how many years you know what's kind of the genesis how'd you guys get that going yeah, well, first of all, the, the league started in 2009 in California, started in 2012 in, in, uh, here in Minnesota, cool. so still relatively young, and we got going in Shakopee in 2015, so we just finished our fifth season. Um, nice. I, was, uh, I was approached by um, Kyle Sabota. He's now my assistant coach. Kyle is a city planner oh, down at it. City Hall in Shakopee, and he happens to be another avid cyclist, and he, he's on an advocacy committee down at City Hall, and their first objective when they started that committee was to get a, a local high school cycling team as a part of this, this Minnesota league. Oh, man, that and is so great. Some, yeah, that yeah, is kind of neat. So he reached out to me, and that's kind of where it began. The team. Yeah, the, the one thing I'm really impressed, and one of the reasons I'm here, you know, is um, – been kind of living up here and then down in Santa Fe, New Mexico, but I'm I'm blown away by you know as you know I mean Minnesota's always at the top of lists you know when you see these international lists of you know Copenhagen you know um, Ljubljana mm-hmm. Slovenia actually I got to go over there and ride um, and then here oh, wow. and I'm I'm blown away by the by the the trails I mean everywhere I go there's another trail and and in great shape and you know what else I love the cities after a snowstorm. They plow it. I see. Yeah. I think before they yeah. plow the streets, which is yeah. great. <laughs> so that's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. So, so no, really good planning though. I'm glad they're doing that with the schools. Um. Hey. So then, um, the next thing is, you know, um, how popular? I mean, you guys are growing like crazy, and and what grades? I mean, how what's what's the beginning age that you can kind of start and start riding on the, on your team? Yeah, so the the league used to be just a high school league, and now it's expanded to middle school and all the way down to sixth grade. It was just recently added this past season. So, wow. so basically grades 6 through 12 are all part of this, yeah. this league that we're in. Yeah, 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 that's really cool. You know, and, and, and no surprise here, but I mean, the cycling industry, as you know, I mean, it's down. Age 7 to 17, I think it's like, you know, over 20%, mm-hmm. you know, and this is incredible what you guys are doing. I mean, what a great feeder kind of a system. And, and you know, you know how it goes, man. Like you said, once you ride yeah. a bike, you never forget it. And, and if you do yeah. it the right way, I mean, my God, pretty cool. This is really nice. So, um, yeah. so, so, um, how does it work? I mean, you guys have practice, you know, is it, is it like a, you know, uh, and like I probably best you know, thing to equate it to would probably be track, you know, so individually mm-hmm. yet a team, do you guys go out at, after school and do you ride, do you ride on the weekends? Where do you guys get your riding in? Yeah, good question. Yeah. So our team practices three days a week, uh, wow. Tuesday and Thursday evenings. We're like five to seven ish. 
Yeah. Something like that, a couple hours. Um, and that's mostly because we need adults to get, get off work and, yeah, and yeah. come ride with us and kind of help us manage. But so our team has about 60 kids on it now. So we, we're pretty large and we, we spread out. Yeah. Yeah. We spread out into five different groups. And so we have at least two adults per group minimum. Wow. And quite often we end up going in different directions depending yeah. on where we're at. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we practice right in Shakopee and we'll ride out in the country. Sometimes we're over at Murphy Hanrahan uh, Trail over in Savage, a mountain bike trail. So, anyways, that, is, that gives us some options. Yeah. And on the weekends, on Saturday morning, our third practice, we'll usually drive to a different location. Oh, very around cool. Around the Twin Cities metro area. Yeah. So, our goal is to kind of expose them to a lot of different places to ride, not not just local. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, well, it's interesting. Um, people... You know, you live in the Rockies or you live, you know, um, any of the mountain ranges or out west, you know, even out east. And you say to yourself, gee, the Midwest, you know what I mean? And no, the one thing that blows my mind here is the terrain. The topography here is insane. Mm -hmm. Berms, climbs, you know, just like anywhere else. It is pretty cool, man. And, and, you know, and and I like to tell people. Um, Wisconsin won the National Collegiate Cycling Championships when it was in the Kettle Moraine. When they had it back home near Madison, they actually beat all of the schools, you know, the perennial favorites. Oh, really? Yeah, Fort Lewis from Durango. Wow. So, so yeah, there's a little piece of uh, interesting history. Yeah. So, but yeah, what, what, what year was that? God, it was probably like uh, mid 2000s. Because I know it, this is an interesting story. Okay. Um. You already know this. I didn't. And this is a great segue for people who are listening, who are thinking about this stuff. Um, so one day, a friend of mine who is a, an assistant coach at Fort Lewis up in Durango, you know, they're like the, you know, kind of crazy. It's like the UCLA Bruins, you know, basketball back in the uh-huh. 70s. Um, so he said to me, hey, what are you doing um, this weekend? Come on up to Angel Fire, which is in New Mexico. <clears throat> Excuse uh-huh. me. And it's the collegiate championships. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, you got to see this. So I come up there. There's Ohio State. There's Illinois where I went to school. There's Wisconsin. They're all there. And it was crazy. And my buddy, Missy Giovi, had just redesigned the course there. Um, Angel Fire decided they wanted to try and get some you know, downhill national championships. And so we went up and checked it out. And it was insane to see these colleges riding and, and to see, you know, and, and to hear them talking about scholarships and teams. So that's got to be wow. cool. Um, you know, I, I think... You know, a lot of these high school kids, you know, it's probably like track, you know, probably not like a football, basketball, full ride. But, you know, I heard um, a woman in Santa Fe, her son actually got a partial scholarship to ride at um, um, Northern Arizona State in Flagstaff. And he actually got, you know, got some money to go to school to go ride. Man, I wish I would have known about oh, that. Cool. <laughs> that been a yeah, no kidding. So, but no kidding. So, but but yeah, it's interesting. Um, so we went up there probably around 2001 or two, somewhere in that vicinity. And then uh-huh. shortly thereafter, I was checking the news, and I had heard that Wisconsin, you know, basically won that year. Uh, Fort Lewis, I think, won both men and women's um, in um, Angel Fire, and then I think Wisconsin won. So that's incredible. Wow. So That is. Midwestern team. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I heard that the um, the national, and I always thought it was NCAA, and it's not. It's the National Collegiate Cycling Association. Um, you okay. guys have any plans? I heard they have five styles or types of riding so they've got mountain biking probably road some others um is there any talk about you guys maybe eventually you know adding maybe a road class to to what you guys are doing with the high schools um not as far as i've 
as far as I know, um, I remember being in some of the original planning meetings back in the beginning, and yeah. they, they chose to go with mountain biking because they believed it was maybe a little bit safer yeah, than some of the other yeah, disciplines. Yeah, I'll agree. Just not having to manage manage people on the road. And, right, right. Um, with so that was the main reason they went this direction when they were trying to figure it out in the beginning. Yeah. So I haven't heard anything outside of yeah. that in the past. Yeah, that makes sense, especially at this age group. You're absolutely right. So, mm-hmm. no, that that's incredible. So, um, you know, how, okay, what kind of a meet? I mean, do you guys, teams come from all over? Do you guys have an, um, a course somewhere where you go? Is it, you know, what's the competition like? You know, is it is it like a track meet, you know, or a cross-country meet? Yeah, yeah, great question. Yeah, it's it's quite a production that uh, the league puts on. Uh, first of all, the league has about nineteen hundred kids statewide. Um, not 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 all of them. Yeah, right. Not all of them come to the races, but yeah, wait a minute, nineteen hundred, dude. This is bigger than this is yeah. like, this is as big as a football program. <laughs> Probably yeah, bigger. Yeah. yeah, this is this is getting insane. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yes, so what what they've done here? Well. If I back up, they, yeah. they started off, they had five races per year. This is all in the fall. These happen, happened on Sundays. Yeah. And the, the league kept growing and growing. I, I heard something like 40% gain, like, for several years in a row. I don't remember yeah. how many years, but anyway, this kept growing. And what they ended up having to do, they started adding additional races onto the calendar. Oh, man. So, then there was, so there was six and there was seven race weekends, but they had us pick uh one and then two buys as we oh. kept adding these races on so we, we would only show up for five of the seven okay and we was just announced this coming coming year there, there's going to be an eighth eighth race weekend wow. so three buys wow and so that's their way of of managing the number of teams and people that show up for each each race so then when you get to these races uh it's now two-day racing it's saturday and sunday right um they've had to spread out middle school one day high school the next day and there's there's a boys and girls class for sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade all the way up through jv varsity uh up to the top so there's there's those class one and two for large and small schools so there's there's quite a few classes that of, of races that have to happen throughout the weekend that that's to accommodate and and, <laughs> and 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 i and i gotta say the um you just answered one of my questions was co-ed that's so mm-hmm. cool that the, the girls you know are participating along with the guys that's really cool that, that that's yeah. that's great so man yeah so so what do they do where do you guys go i mean are there um I'm trying to imagine like local ski, you know, kind of hills, or are you guys using parks yeah. or where are they, where are they staging the races at? Yeah. Some of these race courses. Yeah. So, uh, some of them are at ski hills. Um, for example, spirit mountain in Duluth, oh, okay. uh, Mount, Mount Cato down in Mankato, Minnesota, okay. um, Detroit mountain way over in Detroit yep. lakes, right. Western Minnesota. Um, other places like Whitetail Ridge, which is in River Falls, Wisconsin, just right. over the border. Wow. Um, that's not a ski hill. That's a, that's a big ridge. It's got yeah. a woods on the side of the ridge. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's places like, like those yep. um, that, that we race at. The big limiting factor and the big reason why none of our races happen in the metro area right. is because the parking lots aren't big enough. <laughs> <laughs> you can believe that. Parking lots aren't even close to big enough at the local trails. <laughs> this, this, like, this is like that, what was that high school football movie, um, t- uh, Saturday, Texas Saturday Nights or whatever? No, seriously, this is, yeah, this is amazing. Saturday Night Lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saturday Night Lights. Wow, very cool. Yeah. 
So, 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 how does it go? Like, okay, so you guys have the races. Obviously, you've got um, probably girls, boys class, and then you've probably got age classes. And then, um, what is uh-huh. it like? It's probably like a track meet, then, right? They probably have like you know first, second, third, or fifth, or and then probably yep. team totals too, or. Yeah, so they have they have a top five podium for each uh, each and every one of those got classes. It, got it. Okay. Um, and these courses, these are single track courses that go in and out of the woods, yep. out into open passing areas. So it's um, yeah, it's a mixture of of that. Wow. Um, they do a nice nice job of keeping the courses to about four miles long, so right. we get to see the kids do several laps based nice. on which class they're yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sim- similar to a track meets, different different distances based on the class you're in. And, yep. And uh, yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, um, you know that the I, you know, with every one of these episodes, John, this has been really cool, really informative. Um, usually, you know, what I mm-hmm. do normally it's like car talk. So people call and they have questions. But when we have a celebrity or a, you know special guest like you, I like to ask them a question. So, I guess my question is, you know, sure. as as this grows and progresses, I'm just blown away by the numbers. Um, you know, when mm-hmm. you and I um, started riding, you know, um, there was nothing like this. There was no feeder. And a lot of kids, you know, yeah. guys and women got into racing. And, you know, usually it was a personal decision. You know, do you see any talent now coming along that you say to yourself, man, you know, this kid, girl or boy, has that ability? And, um, you know, and do you, what do you see? You know, what, do, what would you recommend? I mean, how, do you, how, how would you give them some advice on what could be a career, you know, an actual career, making money and, and doing this something they love for a living. So, you know, what, how, how would yeah. you, how do you guys approach that? Is that something you guys have had to deal with yet? Or is it something that's probably going to be coming up here as this keeps getting bigger and bigger? Yeah. As, as these, uh, youth riders continue to get more and more interested in, yep. in this field, I, I see more kids wanting to work at the local bike shop. Oh man. Nice. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. So that's, that's, we know we're, we're hitting home when, when, when they're asking for more than just practice, they yeah. want to do other things. Uh, we've got a few ask, you know, where can I ride when I go to college? Oh, so we have nice. a few recommendations we give there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're still working on, all right, how can we make this a professional right. career for you? I'm yeah. not quite sure about, about that answer, but yeah. the interest is definitely becoming more and more prevalent. I love it, good. man. I love it. You know, and, and I'll tell you, this is, I wasn't kidding, man. Can you imagine a bike technical kind of, you know, um, you know learning the ins and outs of repair, you know, um, in mm-hmm. school, because you know, it, it, it that would be huge. You know, I, I, it, We've been talking and working with um, a company called Velofix. They're the new mobile bike shop. Mm-hmm. And um, they just yeah. announced that they're opening some brand new corporate locations. And they're looking to hire, you know, basically mechanics, um, you know, people uh-huh. who would want to come and work with them. And, you know, you got to have training. You know what I mean? I, I'd love to do something like this, but I, I've never gone to one of these, you know, place institutes basically to get certified. So that would be very yeah. cool for you guys to look at. Man. Okay. Well, Hey, John, thanks, man. This has been incredible. Um, it really enlightening. I had no idea. Um, have to find some places with bigger parking lots for you guys. So Yeah. No <laughs> anyway. <kidding>. Well, <laughs> hey man, thanks again for coming on the show. Hey, John, I, I'm I'm gonna go for a ride. I gotta get with you, man. We'll go for a ride here and um man, I'd love to come and see one of your practices next spring when you guys are back out yeah. there. So thanks. Really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we'd love we'd love to have you. Yeah. Come, come ride along with us at practice and cool. that'd be cool. That'd be fun, man. Hey, <laughs> all the best and um hey, let's see if you can make it two in a row for a coach of the year, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> cool. Thanks, John. Who knew that cycling is becoming the hottest sport in high school around the country? 
And it's so cool that the sport and teams are totally inclusive, with young men and women training and competing side by side. Way to go, Coach. Hoping to get to Shakopee real soon to ride with Coach Oman's team. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Crank and Sprockets. Join us next week for more callers, more stories, more fun, and remember, keep spinning. Cause what's yours is yours, what's a mine is mine In the summertime, under the blackened sky The world belongs to you